following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Make one move and you'll be silent forever. And me, I'll be gone in the dark. Hey everybody, welcome back to Get In Loser, we're starting a podcast. It's me, back from the brink of COVID, your boy Cheetah. Hey, what up, Choop in the building. Yo, it's your boy Chop over here. Papa Yoder. Yeah. Big dogs. Full crew. Full crew back again. Back from the brink of COVID. Hey, wait a minute, you know fighting called you out. Again, it's like, man, these motherfuckers can't be here, motherfuckers. Or else I haven't just pop up, man. I didn't know he was going to be here. Oh, yeah, now that that, now that, that week has gone and passed, I can Probably say thinks that. Probably think someone avoided him. I can say <laughs> that uh, I actually knew about that the entire time. I knew he was coming. I knew the whole plan. I knew everything. He told me. Oh, nice. Just told me not to tell you guys, so I didn't. But he said I knew. I, well, I knew. He told me. I didn't. We The plan changed a couple of times. Eventually... Originally, uh, the plan was that he was going to come and he was going to do a uh, Rule Paul Drag Race uh, simulation. <laughs> and he was going to try and rig it so that Chop would be the winner because it would have been funny. But then we couldn't <laughs> end up week. He ended up not being able to do that one. And then I got sick, so then he changed the plans. But yeah, I, uh, I wasn't here last week, man. I had fucking COVID. <sighs> Shit kicked my ass, man. I thought I thought I was on the brink of death, man. Saturday night, or Sunday night and Monday morning, all Monday, oh, oh my god, I've never been so much pain in my life. What was it like? Oh, my chest fucking hurt, I was coughing like crazy, I couldn't fucking breathe, I had literally the worst headache, it would not go away, mm. I couldn't even eat, I tried to eat a hot dog, one hot dog, one single hot dog, got sick to my stomach, I couldn't even eat, it fucking sucked, I stayed, I literally was in bed the entire time. I had no problem eating. Oh, I couldn't eat. I lost my appetite. And then Sunday mor- Sunday night, I tried to go to sleep, and I couldn't sleep because I was so fucking hot, so I turned my fan on. And then I was freezing. Wake up. Fucking hot again. And I'm like, bro, this is brutal. So I nice. barely got any sleep. Hey, Yoda, I think you might get off. <laughs> fucking Yoda, man. Never fails. It's like the second time, isn't it? Never fails. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If it's not him... Is Choop doing, like, testing the mic the whole time? Like, mic Moving goes. it, and then it goes out. <laughs> but, but you see you Sorry, see the man. two but you see the two original guys over here. Like, it's it's part of, it's all part of our thing now. If yeah, something like, doesn't happen, it'll be weird now. That's right. That's just part of our whole stick. But, yeah, man, I, I uh, thankfully, uh, thankfully my doctor got me on some, some of that Paxilovid uh, early Monday, so... Nice. That shit kicked in real fast, man. I have fuck. Thank God, cause I, I was supposed to work Saturday and Sunday. I had to miss both those days. I couldn't go in. I was supposed to work uh, Monday. Couldn't go in Monday. So I missed three days of work because of it. Thankfully, I had sick time, but it fucking sucked. Right. At one point, I'm like, yo, I thought I'd never say this, but I'd rather be at fucking work right now. <laughs> and then, just to top it all off, 
just when I'm starting to finally feel better, COVID takes one last thing from me. My fucking TV. What do you mean? And then how did COVID get in your TV? Because it's COVID's fault that I was throwing a bottle of orange juice to my, into my garbage can. <laughs> and I accidentally fucking hit my TV and cracked the inside of the screen. Oh, no. Yeah, my big ass fucking TV. So then I had to try and move that by myself because obviously I couldn't have nobody else come over because I was sick. So I had to try and move it myself. Thankfully, I had a TV in my living room that I put in there for now. And I'm going to buy a new one on Wednesday, Black Friday deal, but it fucking sucked. I was so pissed. I was literally just started laying down to watch a movie, too. And I'm like, you motherfucker, dude. <laughs> Damn. I was, I was so pissed. angry. Yo, the day when I picked these keys up, I, I did the Hunger Games to him. I kissed three fingers and put it up in the air. Motherfucker. <laughs> I gotta give a shout-out to Chop, though. He did bring me a Frosty. appreciate that. I was, was, gonna, bring him a pun- throat hurt like I was gonna bring him a pumpkin spice Frosty. I would have fucking killed you. I would have coughed directly in your mouth. <laughs> I was not impressed. Eh, it was not really. I thought I liked them. I thought they were cool. Yo, um, yeah, fuck you guys. He liked it. I, I, I liked it. It wasn't like <laughs> I wish I had. No, I was trying to drink it on the way to the studio. Like, oh fuck, I can't drink. I can't. Yo, I got some Lay's uh, natural uh, natural hot chicken. Them shits are kind of no kicking. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try some? Not really. I don't fucking be all s- start fucking sweating on my forehead and shit. And, um, oh, I'll take some of them though. I got some <laughs> tro- uh, whatever this damn company is. Uh, su- what is this fucking food review? No, no, no it's just, <laughs> hey, whatever works. Hey, right? it's, it's a chop hour. It's chop food on us. You had a whole fucking week to do your thing by yourself when I wasn't here. Guess what? I'm back. It's my time, bitch. Uh-oh. Oh, this, this oh, these are these, these are actually good. Tell them, Choop, the fucking boys are back in town. Yeah, the, are the boys back. are back. No more of your guys' fucking, you know, time for business now. Oh, The boss is here. Exactly. The boss is here, but the CEO is over here. <laughs> no, I'm the CEO, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm the fucking CEO. Boom. How about that? How about, How about that? Are you CEO? I'm co-owner. No. How about that? Nope. That's Choop's job, sorry. As the boss, I, I promote him above you, sorry. That doesn't work. Bosses yeah, does. don't. But anyway. Choop, you've been promoted. Congratulations. I'm um, just a stockholder. I see. <laughs> Majority stockholder. But anyway, these bills sucking. Ken Dorsey left, finally. Peace out. See, I... Who they who they who they bring up the the guy from underneath him right? Coach. Yeah, Brady. Coach. Yeah, nice. Brady. Who actually has a really good track record of uh, coaching, like offensive coaching? Of course, he's a Brady. <laughs> Get the fuck out. How you think it's gonna affect uh, this week? You think we'll see big changes? Or I think we'll look different. Or I think part of the problem is still with the team. Yeah, there's a hey, lot of a lot of sloppy play, dude. Can't be turning the ball over like that. Right. Hey, if any local milfs want to go to the uh, hotel for Zach Wilson, let him fucking spray his weenie. <laughs> he doesn't throw the ball with his, de- with his fucking dick, though, so that ain't going to help. 
Um, <laughs> girl named Big Bertha might just throw it on his ass and break his wrist. <laughs> but you, but speaking of wrist, you hear the. Uh, Isn't he the quarterback that? Fuck mothers. Yeah, fuck, fuck his friend's cause, mom. Because his because yeah. his friend fucked his girlfriend or something like Fucking that. Fucking legend. <laughs> oh, that's legendary there. Dude. No, I'm just saying, like, oh, you fuck with my chick, I fuck your moms. Hey, man. Straight up. They, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like a lot of other people also feel this way, but I feel like, I think the biggest thing with McDermott and, like, Bean that I've noticed lately is they put so much stock into these guys thinking these guys are going to be the next big thing, and then when they aren't, they're too afraid to admit, like, yo, this is a bust, you know what I mean? Like, we fucked up on getting this guy. Like Gabe Davis, man. Gabe Davis ain't going to be the guy that they think he's going to be. Man. He's too inconsistent. Right. You know, one minute he's fucking great. Next three plays, he fucking drops the ball. It's right in his hand. I think they're just too afraid to admit that they fucked up. You know what I mean? They always think that every guy they pick up is going to be a fucking star when that's not the case. Yeah. Like Elam. They spent, They fucking picked him up. And he fucking He's blows. done nothing since. They picked him. He was a first-round draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's just, I think that plus like, you know, I think all the injuries and shit have kind of taken effect mentally on the team, you know, losing Milano is big, fucking using oh, yeah. Trey again already. You know, Vaughn's been back and he doesn't seem like he's really. They're using him sparingly. Too. Yeah. So I think that all kind of takes an effect on them too as well, you know, like mentally, mental wise. Mm-hmm. The Kincaid kid. Uh... Fucking beast. He's gonna be a star. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. Just imagine if him and Kyle Pitt was on the same team together. Mm. He, uh, another dude that was, I think, I say this every week when we watch him. I think he's gonna be. I think he's just starting to make it. Is like Greg Rousseau, man. Oh yeah, I he's think a, he's gonna be. Oh, a fucking, he's oh, huge. Style. Dude's a fucking. He had. He was. He was quiet the first year, but he's probably just adjusting different style of playing the NFL. He's, you know, he's, he's gonna be a beast, man. Dude, a, yeah, he's fucking humongous, bro. Rip too. Yeah. Yo, Ed Oliver, he's fucking nasty too. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better too. He's been doing really good lately. He's always a beast. He's bro. coming up on a big contract here. That's why he's trying to. He's balling out. Prove his worth, yeah. Trying to be like, yo, keep me around. I'm worth it. Remember Milano's contract here last season? I think it was the he was killing shit. Yeah. That's when everybody was mad at him because he did that fucking. God damn. <laughs> he did that fucking, uh, did that absolutely abolishing hit on fucking Mike White from the Jets. Remember that? When he fucking powled right into him. Briefly. Shit was beautiful. And everybody was like, oh, that's such a cheap shot. What the fuck? You don't have to use that much force. Look, it's football, bro. Yeah. You don't, you, you can't control that shit. It just happens. That happens like that, man. I know it's, you know, sometimes unfortunate, but that's what fucking happens in football. Yeah, contact sport, man. Fuck. Yeah, right. man. Can't be a little softies. Not touch. Yeah, man. That's why girls don't play the game, like Gene Hackman said in the replacements. <laughs> Can't the fucking Broncos beat us and the Chiefs, dude. What the fuck, man? Nope. Well, they get pounced on by Miami. Ugh. We got <laughs> beat by fucking Danger Witch, man. I'll never be okay. Ever. <laughs> ever. It's got, you know, this dude I used to hang out with used to make a joke that the only time uh, Sierra would let Russell Wilson have another baby is if he has a winning record. So every time he gets a win, I'm like, he's trying to get that baby. I know it. <laughs> yeah. 
fucking wild, man. Real quick, also, uh, Fighting just mustered me. Told me to tell everybody. He said, what up? What's up, Fighting? He's like an honorary uh, member at this point. Who just, you know, chooses when he wants to show up. You know, he's he can't commit to us. It's okay. He's kind of a man whore. I get it. He can't com- he can't commit to us fully. It's un- it's understandable. But yeah, uh, what else has been up with you guys since last week? Not a whole lot with me, man. Just work, life. Yeah, you guys gearing up for fucking Thanksgiving, man. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put on a fucking clinic, dude. I've been waiting. Well, depending on the weather. Ass. I can't wait for a big ass. Yeah, right. Can't wait for a big ass plate of mashed potatoes, man. That's my mm, favorite. Mm, mm. Fucking yeah, smothered. They're saying we might get hit with a snowstorm. Mm. Huh? A year ago today, we got hit with a snowstorm. Mm. Yeah, but they're saying again, right? Yeah. Just want to rub my nipples when I think about it. Did we? Was it Thanksgiving? I thought it was Christmas. It was a big one. Was both of them? Was it both of them? Yeah. yeah. Christmas is when I, you know, had my unfortunate problem. We're not going to speak of ever again. He shit the bed. Speaking of fantasy, I'm two and old with you bitches. Nobody even two said that they were fuck fantasy. You. <laughs> yeah. you can't say speaking of fantasy if nobody was talking about fantasy. I don't know. I know, but I just want to say segue. The king of worst segues ever over there. Yeah. Yo. He he hated when I Oh yeah, he's not talking shit. Yeah, I don't have to talk shit when my players beat your shit. Bro averages 100 points a week. He plays me, his team puts up 180 miraculous yeah, points. <laughs> well, I can't talk shit. My whole team fucking fell apart, so I'm probably not even going to make it to the playoffs. I'll probably be the first one knocked out. Just like the real that'll Bills. That'll be fun to be. Yeah, right. That'll be fun to, you know, have to deal with. Live and learn. Yeah, it happens, I guess. Fuck it. What are you going to do? Uh, also, real quick, have you guys, super off topic, but have you guys ever thought about, like, playing World of Warcraft? Yeah, no, I, been, like, I actually bought it once. I want, I've been wanting to a lot lately for some reason, I don't know why. Just check it out, dude, it's fun, it's dope as fuck, that's why people have been playing it for forever. I've been really wanting to, like, give it a shot. <clears throat> I've heard about it, but never it looks like it'd be fun as fuck. And then I was watching South Park, and I seen the World of Warcraft episode. And I was like, "Fuck no, I really want to play it." Like, if I'm gonna become a fat fuck, I'd rather do it having fun, you know. So, yo, you didn't get paid for work for uh, being out for COVID, or did they pay you? No, I do sick then. Yeah, they're no one's paying. They're not paying. That's so weird. And it's like that's just gonna make shit worse because now if you're not paying, people are just gonna come to work sick. They're just not gonna own up to it. If if you gotta pay your bills, you're, you're not gonna stay home. Right. So people are just going to lie, and it's going to spread even more, and then fuck Well, I told them it's even worse, because, like, they basically strong-armed me into getting the vaccine to stay at my job, and then I still fucking got it. And I got it worse than the last time I had it. Oh, man. I know. It don't make any fucking sense. Ridiculous. Guys at work's wearing masks again. I'm like, dude, I, <laughs> yeah, ain't, they, I ain't putting the fucking mask on again. I'm that's not, what they're making I'm me not do doing now. It. now until, from now until Tuesday, I have to wear one. As extra precaution for everybody else, which doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Ridiculous. What are you going to do? You know? Yeah, you need your job, so... I'll probably just cry about it later. No biggie. So, uh, anybody else got anything to say real quick before we hop on in, or...? Nah, I'm good. What do you you think? 
Sorry. Uh, no, I bend down. Bills get the W tomorrow. Yeah, we really need it, dude. We really do. Of course, I got to work tomorrow for the first time all year, so that's nice. But um, Are you gonna miss the game? No, no. I'll oh, be home just right. in time for it. Just Perfect. as it starts, probably. What's it's a still four o'clock game, right? Yeah, still annoying though that I gotta work. That's just weird having a, a late game against a, a division rival. Uh, well, it's better than eight o'clock. Or eight thirty. Yeah, that's true. Eight o'clock games, you like, okay, literally. When they played that game, what was that game when they played, uh, was it the Bengals when they played when Dad was in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't even, I, I made it about halftime, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta go home, I'm so tired. I had to work the next day, I'm like, fuck, I'm just going home. Fuck. <laughs> I couldn't do it, I tried as long as I could. But, uh. Oh, brother. Yeah. Fucking kiss me on my lips. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Wait in the fucking hallway. All right. Well, so we have been, uh, or more like I have been, teasing this episode since uh, the very early days of this pod. And, uh. I know it's something that, it's like a topic that can't be done lightly, so I, you know, that's why I've kind of held off on doing it. But, you know, I was laid up with COVID, and I watched uh, an episode somewhere about it, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, let's just do it, you know? We'll do it our way like we always do, and we'll just get it done, man, you know, it's something that I know we've all talked about a couple of times wanting to talk about down the road. So, yeah, we'll uh, do it justice, this is a good I one. figured... Why not now? So, friends, colleagues, losers all around the world, it's time. This is the story of the Golden State Killer. Damn, we talk about this shit from the dinosaur days. About this is right like here. the OG days of the pod right here. <laughs> yo, yo, we were trying to talk this about... This is one of the very first episodes I wanted to do, and now, almost 200 episodes later, we're finally doing it. Yo, the crazy thing Bala was... I'll try to segue. Hey, um, what's this name happens in San Fran and whatnot? And Mike's like, oh, we're not going to talk about it. Like, oh, well, fuck you then. No, we are, Mike. <laughs> so, we're going to start a little background on uh, Mr. Joseph D'Angelo. Uh, he was born in Bath, New York in 1945, and he is the oldest... Of Joseph D'Angelo Sr. and Kathleen Bosanko's four children. According to a relative, while his father, a U.S. Army sergeant, was stationed in West Germany with his family, Joseph Jr., who was nine or ten years old at the time, witnessed his sister being gang raped by two airmen. During his trial, his siblings told the court that their father had abused him as a child. So I remember reading about this once a while back. Uh, that when Joe watched his sister be gang raped by these two airmen, he wasn't allowed. He was pretty much not allowed to say anything, so he kind of had to live with that pretty much his whole life. Wow. So, with a lot of these cases that we talk about when we talk about serial killers, you know, this is something that comes up a lot, and uh, you know, like they're they're coming up. You know, a lot of them get abused. A lot of them deal with like sexual assault and rape and stuff like that very early on. So it's mm-hmm. kind of imprinted into their brains. Not saying that it's, you know, it's right that they yeah, do it, right. but it's, you know, 
Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like when something traumatic, like really traumatic happens, they put like a, a, a fake wall of like numbness. Yeah. And, uh, so then you can't like really it. feel any pain for it really. You know what I mean? You feel, feel really any remorse. And then you have no remorse later, yeah. you know, <clears throat> for anyone else. Uh, at some point, his family relocated to Sacramento, California, where he attended two different high schools, one of which, which, one of which was in Rancho Cordova, Cordova. From 1959 to 1964. In September 1964, he joined the U.S. Navy and served for 22 months during the Vietnam War as a damage controlman on cruisers. After his discharge, he attended Sierra College in in August 1969, later graduating with honors from an associate degree in police science. (laughs) So, I mean, up until then, dude, this guy had it made. I mean, he, he had... Essentially, like a good future ahead of him, you know. I mean, he could have been like, you know, yeah, a lot going on, and shit. Yeah. not like some fucking just loser sitting in a basement. That's what's always craziest too about me, like guys like this, is that like, it's not like you know them becoming criminals is like, just like their path, like they had other shit going. On. Yeah, they right. Could have done literally anything else, but sometimes a lot of these guys you'll see that you know there's just. There's just something in their brain that just fucking wakes up one day and they can't go, you know, they never go back. Kind of reminds me of that Israel Keys to you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, they do that a lot with, uh, you know, a lot of these, like a lot of the earlier serial killers we talked about. That's something you notice a lot too where it's kind of just like one day they just like fucking snap. And that's what they say for like uh, a lot of the big ones, you know, like Ted Bundy, shit like that. Jeffrey Dahmer, obviously not because... He's pretty fucked up since he was a kid. He was yes. always showing signs of, you know, being a bit strange. It would be strange. Just a bit. Just a wee bit. Uh, in May 1970, Joseph became engaged to, to Bonnie Jean Cowell, a classmate, but she broke it off when he became abusive. Hmm. I wonder where you got that from. Uh, in one instance, he pulled a gun on her and forced her to marry him. He seems like a great guy. Uh, the breakup angered him so much that he would later say, I hate you, Bonnie, to one of his rape victims. A year later, he attended California State University in Sacramento, obtaining a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. He took postgraduate courses, police training at the College of Sequoias in Vesalia, and completed a police internship. Fuck, I can't talk. At the Roseville Police Department from May 1973 to August 1976. He worked as a burglary unit uh, police officer in Exeter near Visalia, where he was considered by his colleagues as the Black Sheep, an ambitious loner who never quite fit in with them. Real convenient that he's doing home break-ins. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to see... In a second here, why, uh, you know, that might have been the perfect uh, lead-up for him. It was approximately in the same period he embarked on a prowling and burglary spree as the Vesalia Ransacker. Ransacker. He goes, throughout throughout his time as, you know... You know, all this stuff, he's known by... There's a lot of different names that he ends up going yeah. under because his his uh, wave of, like, crime changes, kind of. He goes from, like, burglary 
that then like you know so, with assault and yeah. then, you know what I mean he, so, so so like he knew uh, how the police investigated the cases so he fucking would go from because at this time yeah well uh, that and um they a lot of they weren't sharing information between different counties so he would just do one here hop a couple counties over do one there they were also calling him the night soccer or something uh, yeah he was night soccer. He was like one that. of the original. I think they called him one of the original Night Stalkers. Yes. Yep, the original Night Stalker. Yep. Uh, they also called him the Diamond Knot Killer, the East Ara- East Area Rapist, the Visalia Ransacker, the Cordova Cat Burglar, and the Exter Ransacker. Bam. Yo, I like to know how they got the name Cat Burglar. Like, but you say, oh, I know why, because cats are sneaky. You're trying to motherfucking cat. <clears throat> why don't you just go back and why don't you go how, back to practice and not talking? How about you ever see men trying to sneak in something? Yeah, Mr. Men's, I'm talking about you. Mr. What? Mr. Men's is a cat name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as the Vesalia ransacker, D'Angelo usually prowled around neighborhoods and broke into single family homes. Tearing apart the interior while only stealing small personal trinkets, uh, ignoring more valuable items in plain sight. Because, like, Troop said, this guy knew the kind of shit that the police would be looking for. So he's like, I'll get rich off small little shit instead of going after the bigger shit because then it'll be harder for them to find me. Part of his MO consisted in placing warning items such as dishes or bottles against the door and on-door handles, a technique he would later readapt during his career as a serial rapist. His first reported crime was on March 19, 1974, but it is presumed that he may have began as early as in 1996, 1968 or 69. Uh, similar crimes were reported in 1968, and D'Angelo's sister moved into the area in 1969 or mid-1973. Uh, the ransacker was also suspected of perpetrating a number uh, a number of rapes and m- murders in the area. On September 11, 1975, while attempting to kidnap 16-year-old Beth Snelling, he ended up shooting, his de- shooting dead his father, 45-year-old journalism professor Claude Snelling, the last known activity of the ransacker was on December 12, 1975, when he was caught prowling by local detective William McGovern. After fiending surrender, D'Angelo pulled a gun and shot at McGowan, shattering his flashlight before escaping. McGowan would later provide a description of the ransacker while under hypnosis, describing the shooter as baby-faced. Wow. <laughs> Yo, he pulled the okey-doke move on him. Imagine being this guy who gets saved by a fucking flashlight. Like that's the only thing that stops you from dying. Then is your f- he shoots your flashlight instead. Mm, damn, that's fire. You. And like, can we also say like how back then they had like no fucking technology for anything? Because their first thing to get any information on this guy is oh, let's go get him hypnotized. hypnotized yeah. Like that just shows you what little they had to work with back then. But Rome, more more importantly, like how do you? Feign. What is that? They say that he feigned giving up. But then how would he still have the gun? How you you gotta keep your gun on him the whole fucking time, dude. Like you can't just 
Oh, he's just he's pretending to kneel down. So let's put my gun away. Dummy. I don't know. I guess it all probably happened super quick though. Oh yeah, they also I meant to I meant to say this and I forgot. They also called him the Eron. They also called him Eron's. That was one of his names. Uh yeah, that was yeah, it was just an acronym for East Area Rapist Original Night Stalker. Yeah. But they shortened it to Eron's. And uh a connection between the Ransacker and the Eron's was first assumed in nineteen seventy seven and eventually confirmed with D'Angelo's guilty pleas in June twenty twenty. The Ransacker crimes were also linked to two other series of burglaries committed by the so called Cordova Cat Burglar and the Exeter Ransacker in 1973. Yo, do you see this, the police sketch of him with the mask? <laughs> he looks like fucking Rorschach or something, <laughs> dude. A little bit. Uh, Yo, so, um... Alright, go ahead. No, I'll save, no, it. No, I'll save it to after because I don't want to jump the gun uh, on you. Yeah, so only a year after he had stopped his spree as uh, the Ransacker... This is when he had turned to, uh, you know, his first, like, rapes, and that's when they started to know him by the East Area Rapist. On June 18, 1976, the first com- first attack committed by D'Angelo as the East Area Rapist occurred in Rancho Cordova at 4 a.m. About six months and exactly seven attacks later, the affected communities began to worry while the Sheriff Department of Sacramento advised the news stations to not report the rapes, on October 18th, two attacks occurred on the same day. Two. To which authorities held neighborhood meetings set up in, to inform civilians and dispel false rumors. On April 2nd, 1977, after over 15 attacks occurred, the first couple was attacked. On May 17th, Sacramento County was thrust into a state of panic after the East Area Rapist threatened to murder his next two victims. As a result, sheriff patrols were increased and even criminals formed their own, or even civilians formed their own patrols. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh-oh. Good Good old, good old mob justice. Hell yeah. However, the East Area rep- Rapist sent a taunt to the heightened security by attacking his first couple in Sacramento's South Area near the office of a dentist who contributed an additional... 10000 to the $15,000 reward for his apprehension. Oh, damn. So this guy's like, listen, you're going to heighten security? I don't give a fuck. He's taking shots now, am? too. <laughs> so he goes to one of the most heightened security areas and attacks. Uh, then on September 6th, the first couple in Stockton was attacked, leading to the same effect of heightened security found in Sacramento County. Believing that the East Area Rapist permanently relocated his crimes... Patrols in Sacramento County disappeared, only for another couple to be attacked in the College Greens slash Glenbrook area. On February 2nd, 1978, Brian and Katie McElroy were found dead, having been shot to death while walking their dog. Sub-investigators wow. suspected that they had been murdered by the East Area Rapist because of their proximity to the other attacks' locations and the fact that a shoelace, which was frequently employed... By the ear to tie up his victims was found nearby. On June fifth, nineteen seventy eight, the ear turned up for the first time in the Stanislaus County, 
assaulting a couple living in northeast Modesto. Between that date and July 5th, 1979, he had been active in Modesto, Davis, Concord, Danville, San Ramon, San Jose, Fremont, and Walnut Creek. This motherfucker got around, man. Yeah. And that's what that's what also made it so hard for him to be caught is because he moved around so much. And like Troop said earlier, they you know, back then they weren't sharing information with each other. He actually his this case actually led to the first uh DNA database getting set up. Mm-hmm. Yo, uh, they were offering fifteen thousand dollars back then in seventy seven. That's pretty worth seventy six thousand one hundred fifty six dollars and nineteen cents today. I'd find that motherfucker nice. and break his legs and get rich. You kidding me? I'd shit in his mouth too, just as an extra precaution. Ain't nobody running away with they got poop in their mouth. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, the attacks abruptly ended after an attempted attack on July fifth, nineteen seventy nine. When a would-be victim who was a light sleeper woke up and found a man putting on a ski mask, chasing the intruder away, the East Area Rapist briefly resurfaced on October 1st, entering the home of the couple. Their names were revealed as pseudonyms, Mary Brown and John Davis, and tying them up. As he ransacked the house for valuables, the couple escaped and the intruder was forced to flee on a bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking douche. Yeah. Motherfuckers riding a big wheel with a ski mask on the street and shit. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. Nothing to see here. <clears throat> Remember uh, the big wheels, dude? Hell yeah. They had dude. plastic tires and the shits would get up. Yeah. The green machine. Fucking classic. Cool. Yeah, the races were awesome. <laughs> Smoke the tires. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, the entire year's uh, crime spree loosely coincided, coincided with D'Angelo's service as an Auburn. Auburn Part of the Sacramento metropolitan area police officer from August 1976 to 1979. See, that's the the even worst part about this. It's almost the entire time he was out as the East Area Rapist, he was also out as a cop during the day. Read that last one part. Uh, When he was arrested for shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent, the ears attacks abruptly ended in the same month. He was sentenced to six months on probation and eventually fired in October when the year committed his last known attack. <laughs> As a form of retaliation for his firing, D'Angelo went to the house of the chief of police, whom he had threatened with death earlier, and started peeping through his daughter's room window with a flashlight. What the uh, fuck? It was never confirmed whether it was really him or not, but it is deemed highly probable. Anyway, however, he <clears throat> he was ran away... As soon as he realized his presence had been detected. So the chief had a feeling that it was him, but he he never followed through with it. He never pressed charges or made a, any police report on it or nothing. That's crazy. Imagine the fucking lives he probably could have saved. A lot of times with these cases, too, uh, you notice a lot. it's... it's um, Criminals being good at the at their job, but it's also a little mismanage mismanagement going on a lot yeah. of times. And, yeah, and in in the chaos of things, people. If you fuck go back up, you and know? if you listen to our uh, our episode about John Wayne Gacy, there's a fuck ton of that in his story. How it was just police mismanagement. There's so many times yeah. they could have caught him earlier and they just didn't because they just didn't. You know what I mean? Not that it's their fault completely, but. I mean, like you said, there's a lot of that 
in a, like a lot of these stories. And that you know, that shit kind of happens. But um, in November 1973, D'Angelo had married Sharon Mar- Sharon Marie Huddle, with who he whom he had relocated to Citrus Heights, where he also lived before relocating to Exeter, Exeter in 1983. On December 30th, 1979, uh, D'Angelo confirmed his first, or committed his first murders as the original Night Stalker, killing Dr. Dr. Robert Hoffman and Deborah Manning by, both, by shooting both to death. Presumably after, after Offerman managed to escape with, from his bonds and attempted to fight back. On March 13th of the following year, the next victims, Lyman and Charlene, Charlene Smith, were found dead, this time by bludgeoning with a fireplace log. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this guy's got to work on his shoelace knots and shit. <laughs> People just keep getting out and shit. Yeah, he wasn't very good at it. He wasn't very good at it at all. Uh, at this time, it was revealed that the bonds used to restrain their victims were tied in a diamond knot, hence is a lesser known nickname, the Diamond Knot Killer. Okay, I'll just shut the fuck up then, I guess. <laughs> uh, months later, Keith and Patric- Patrice Harrington were also murdered. And then on February 5th, 1981, the original Night Stalker killed his first lone murder victim, Manuela Manuela uh, Whithun. R.I.P. So, yo, what if, he, what if that one guy got away, got out? So he had to, like, go to the store and get a book, and he just, like, learned the diamond knot real quick. <laughs> He's like, fuck, my knots need work, bro. Yeah, Went back I mean, to the very well could have been what it was. Started training in the basement. <laughs> I the Honey, tiger Honey, what playing. are you doing down there? Shut up, bitch, I'm making knots! <laughs> He's, like, tying his wife up as fun. Can you get out of that? No. Good. What's this for? <laughs> Nothing. Reasons. Yo, this fucking mic is sketching me out thinking about how many people talking in this fucking thing. Yeah, you kind of just got to block it out. I think about it sometimes. I'm, I'm going to put a mask on the mic. <laughs> One time I came in here and I was like, I wonder if anybody's ever farted on this thing. And then I just couldn't use it for like a week. So I started using a different one. Nice. It was bothering me. <laughs> so, so you got to get your own fucking mic condom. Someone definitely farted on at least one of these, I guarantee This motherfucker just smelled his mic after you said that. <laughs> Sick fuck. Uh, following this murder, there were three more murders of Sherry Domingo, Gregory Sanchez on July 27th, and Janelle Lisa Cruz on May, 19, May 4th, 1986. In 1990 or 1991, the criminal made his last known contact with the public on a phone call he made to one of his victims. Then he disappeared completely, and no murders or rapes were committed by him have followed. Yo, did you hear any of the voicemails and shit he was leaving? The calls? I, I kind of want to listen to a couple of them. So creepy, dude. Oh, we got time, maybe we'll listen, pop one out or something. Yeah. Okay. Very uh, weird. Yeah. So, um, as of uh, early as 1991, according to them, this dude just completely stops, stops everything, just completely disappears. And they don't have a single trace of him. Literally, he's basically in the wind. Like, you know how fucking crazy that is? They just, just stop. They have that, like, leave behind that much, like, fucking, you know, that much shit and then just completely disappear. Just, just go dark. Yeah, just like, poof. Um, 
About a decade later, in 2001, uh, a remarkable connection was made by authorities. It was discovered that the DNA of the original Night Stalker and the East Area Rapist belonged to the same individual, making the unknown perpetrator the most prolific serial offender in California history. Damn. Uh, the original Night Stalker's hiatus from 1981 to 1986 coincided with the birth of D'Angelo's first daughter in 1981. His second daughter was born in 1986. D'Angelo and his family were living in Long Beach at the time, and he found work as a diesel mechanic. From 1990 until his retirement in 2017, he worked as a truck mechanic at a supermarket distribution center in Roseville, he was arrested in 1996 over an incident at a gas station, but the charge was dismissed. In 1991, he and his wife separated. She would later file for divorce in 2018. Hmm. And now... Damn, not that long ago. Uh, now, 32 years after the ending of his killing spree, and 45 years after the beginning of his crimes, D'Angelo was finally arrested Sorry. on April 25, 2018. He was still living in Citrus Heights with one of his daughters and a grandchild. D'Angelo had been identified four months earlier as the main suspect when DNA from an on-site rape case was uploaded to the personal genomics website GED Match with the help of genealogist Paul Holes, a sheriff investigator who worked on the Eron's old case, cold cases, and an FBI lawyer constructed a family tree based on GD matches results and eventually narrowed the list down to a D'Angelo. After a DNA sample was surreptitiously collected from the door handle of D'Angelo's car, it was matched with the samples related to the Golden State Killer's crimes. Wow, dude. Wow. So 45 years after committing his first crime. This guy just got to. He's just living walk. for 45 years thinking he's in the clear. He's done it. You know? yep. He did what he did. He got it out of him. He's living his life now with his daughters. For all those years, he was a cop. So he and he was doing the home invasions. So he was he would fucking be investigating his own crimes a lot of times, covering him up anything that he missed. And nobody even had, ever had an idea that it was. Him. And then this guy gets to have children and live a whole full life. Can you imagine thinking you're in the clear for 45 years, and then one day they just come knock on your door and they're like, "We got you." I don't know how you could sleep, dude. I, I feel like I'd be just constantly just waiting. It's even for crazier it. because, like, I nuts. read. I read a uh, I read a letter that his daughter wrote to the courts when he got arrested. And she talked so highly of him. Said she's the great. He was the greatest father she's ever had. She had no idea he treated her and her kids wonderfully. And it's like, how do you go from what you did and you just switch it off and you're like, I'm a grandfather now. Man, it's fucked. Yes. You know what I mean? He's. A, I mean, I'm glad. No conscience. I'm no glad that he finally, you know, eventually got caught, but. He should have, you know what I mean? He should have... I feel like the amount of time he's going to spend now isn't worth... You know what I mean? Like, he probably doesn't have that much time left on Earth to be able to spend paying for his crimes. You know what I mean? I feel like... I hope that, I hope they treat him real nice in jail. Yeah, me too. You'll, um... Imagine 45 years. I bet he's thinking, like, constantly, man, she looks good. I'm going to rape her. How about her? Nah, I'm too old for this shit. Hey, Miss Parker. <laughs> you got a way of taking things that should be very seriously and trying to, like, make a joke out of them. It's almost never funny. Just so you know. 
interesting. Yeah, so check this out, dude. He would um, so he, he used to target fucking couples, right? So he would tie the husband up, and remember how they're talking about the plates and shit. He would like hang plates on like their arms and legs. Mm-hmm. So if they were to move, he'd hear the plate go off, and he'd tell them if if I hear these things so much as clink together, I'm killing your wife. Yeah, and then, and then he, would he would leave them in, like, areas where they'd be able to just see enough of him raping their fucking wives, and they wouldn't be able to react. Despicable. One this, of the first couples he ever attacked, he raped her right in front of her husband, <coughs> and he wasn't allowed to move. Wow. That's... Like, can you imagine? Like, how much, how sick do you gotta be to be able to do this? You know I, bet, I, mean? I bet you tied him up, too. Put a gag ball on him. No, he made him watch. He, he tied him up, but he didn't put him a gag in him. He told me, make any noise or move at all, I'm going to kill your wife. So they had to sit there and watch your wives get raped and not be able to do anything about it. Like, how do you even do that? But uh, the latter nickname, uh, the Golden State Killer nickname, came from a true crime writer named Michelle McNarma, who was writing an account of the Eron's case titled I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. The book was post- published posthumously on February 27, 2018, nearly two years after McNarma's death by an accidental drug overdose and two months before D'Angelo's arrest. So this lady had her book published, but she never got to live to see that what? the Golden State oh, Killer wow. paid for his crimes. That's a shame. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Um, D'Angelo was charged with 13 murders and kidnappings related to the on-site the ons on March 24th or on March 4th 2020 he offered to plead guilty if the death penalty was taken off the table on July on June 29th he later admitted due to California's statute of limitations or pleaded guilty to all of his confirmed crimes on August 21st of the same year he was given 12 sentences of life imprisonment without parole plus 8 years D'Angelo apologized to his victims during sentencing which was held in the ballroom of the same very the very same University of Sacramento where he graduated in 1972. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. Fucking wild. Uh, also, D'Angelo was less known for acting and directing his own films and shorts where where commercial fail. Uh, described Shocker. by the. Viewers in 1989, D'Angelo made his first short film named Into the Dark. The film starred unknown actors and actresses such as Jerry Winchester, Jamal Otis, and D'Angelo oddly as the killer or villain. The short turned out to be a commercial failure. It took one day in production. D'Angelo then created his first full-length film in 1991 called The Monster. It took three years in the making. D'Angelo's films never made it to television or DVD afterwards and D'Angelo quitted his acting career to become a former police officer <laughs> yo how fucking brazen and ballsy to to star as the killer in your movie wow bro dude didn't give a fuck not a fuck given at all it's hiding in plain sight I didn't play inside For 45 For 30 years 30 something years Or well 45 something years Yeah It's fucking crazy dude mm-hmm. One of the 
As early as I can remember when I, when I got into true crime, the Golden State Killer one was always one of the craziest ones to me. It was always one of the ones that I wanted to talk about the most, but I just never did because I didn't know if we'd be able to do it justice. But I, I'd say we did, you know, pretty good job. I, I think we, you know, we told the story the best we could, and you know. But it's just still crazy to me that it took. Like, you're literally living for that long thinking you got away with it, and then... Boom, they fucking got your ass. Did you ever hear something about Patton Oswald's wife? He's like a true crime freak. I think so. And I think she had like some playing kind of connecting dots and to to him before they got the DNA. I was watching this uh I don't know if it was like sixty minutes or inside edition, I was watching it on YouTube, I fell asleep so I didn't get to see what happened at the end. <laughs> So imagine if the fucking um, that chief of police filed a police report and actually followed through on. Because this guy was holding grudges first the dentist, now the chief. <laughs> the yeah, dentist fucked his mouth up. I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> the chief of police fired his ass. I'm gonna fucking kill your ass. Come on, dog. And uh, I bet when he was doing it, when he was married or so, I was like. Babe, I, I, I gotta go to the, uh, I'm playing cards with the boys tonight. Do you think the wife suspected anything? Hold on. Did you guys say that? You guys hear that? Yeah. Weird. The motherfuckers. He called somebody one night asking if Ray was there. That was one of the first. That was one. <laughs> called the wrong number of one of his victims. Here's another one. What a fucking creep, dude. That's his wife in the background, or if it's it the other be. person. Very well could be. Check this out. Yeah, that's uh, as someone with his own idiosyncratic obsessions, Pat Oswald never judged his late wife, Michelle McNamara, for what she called her murder habit, a preoccupation with cold cases. The 
the groot of some details of which she puzzled over on her popular website, True Crime Diary. Uh, I I understand going down the rabbit hole on things he said recently. It doesn't matter what the fuel is, it's the same spark, whether it's NASCAR or Victoria co- Victorian costumes or Americana roots music. I like people who burrow into things, so it never felt weird to me. McNamara was particularly consumed with finding the criminal known as the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker, um, com- who committed at least 50 rapes, 13 murders, and dozens of burglaries across the California suburbs in the 1970s and 80s. She dubbed this unknown villain the Golden State Killer, a nickname that evoked his nightmarish attack on the sunny California dream. So she actually dubbed the nickname. But when she published the book, she died right before it could come out. Was that who you were talking about? That was her. Yeah, that was was Patton Oswalt's wife. That's crazy. Ain't it? He's a douche, but small world, I guess. Trying to watch this video. There's a video, I guess, where he admits that he is the Golden State Killer. I'm trying to see if he says it or not, so we can hear him say it with his own words. All right, well, real, real quick, uh, you got it ready right now? Yeah, I'm watching to see when he says it. All right. Well, uh, dude, in the meantime, fucking, they just let this Gambino mobster out. He was with uh, Roy DeMeo's crew. Um prolific fucking serial killer mad bodies he got life but uh back in the day before like night like the mid 90s or something life was uh like 25 years now life is like 45 or something with no parole but so this guy just got out he's like 50 years old just getting out after committing like 20 25 murders free man in case you need any help sleeping tonight. <laughs> Does the fucking chooch say it or what? No. What a puss. I thought he did. He just you got away with it forever, man. Just, he just fucking. agrees to. To uh, his sentencing. Oh, here's another voicemail. Yo, uh. <laughs> Where he just breathed a lot. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? It was a uh, fucking creepo. Yeah. Yeah, in the uh, United States, serve a life sentence are eligible for parole after twenty five years. It's still twenty five now. Oh, I thought it was something different. But if you get like three life sentences, like. Maybe that's it. They run concurrent or something. Yeah, they run like if you get two life sentences, fifty years before you're eligible for parole. He ran thirteen. Thirteen times twenty-five. You're looking at he's gonna die. Listen, this him talking. Sorry. 
sure. Sure, buddy. He ain't, he ain't sorry that he did it. He's just sorry he got caught. Yeah, for him, that's crazy, be dude. 325 years in prison. It's fucking wild. It's wild, man. Like, how do you fucking... How do you sleep? Not only how do you sleep, but how do you, like, raise a fucking family and shit knowing what you did? <sighs> I don't know, man. This shit... I don't know. That's fucking weird, man. It's crazy, man. It's some crazy fucking shit. Oh, shit. You can just try it right now for free. Beginning in 1972, several states enacted or toughened their statutes regarding all life sentences, particularly broadened those pertaining to life without the possibility of parole. Yeah, suck it. No, I'm just saying, we're just talking about it, so. Oh, dude, you can just fucking download it right here. What? Oh, you could play up until level 20 on World of Warcraft for free. Until you get up to level 20, then you gotta pay. I might try it out. Give it a shot. Fuck it. Might be something cool to do. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. So what do you guys think, man? Fucking Golden State, huh? God damn. Probably one of the fucking wildest ones. At least, maybe not on, like, crime-wise, but at least on, like... Time-wise. Yeah, you know, like, how long you got away with it and shit. Yeah. Because most of the really big ones, they got caught not long after, you know what I mean? Who was the, uh... Who was the, uh... Idiot like, hey, it was me. It was me the whole time. BTK? Yeah, the one who was writing letters to him. Telling him what to call him and shit. You're gonna call me this. He was fucked. That guy was real fucked. He hung a little girl by her neck in a basement and jerked off on her dead body. He was fucked. Yes. Yeah. Just as like a little like, you know, just like a little fun little game here at the end of the episode. Moving forward, if we could talk about one, like, big serial killer, who would you choose to? Like one of the biggins. Did we do Night Soccer yet? Nope. Richard, Richard Ramirez. Ramirez. Probably him. What about you, Yoder? I don't know. That's a tough one. Well, I didn't ask for your answer. Is a tough one. I asked who you fucking do. Uh, I would do. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Well, <clears throat> I actually knew him. He's from the area, Dennis Donahue. Well, we're going to have to talk after this secretly. <laughs> we're kind of related to him, sorry. And now that you've outed him, we're going to have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I want you guys to know I've had this note on my phone for the Golden State Killer since November 18th, 2023. Wait, what are you going to ask me? Oh, wait. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you. Uh, the fucking Zodiac Killer. Zodiac Killer's such a tough one, though, because, like, nobody knows who the fuck he is. That's a dear motherfucker. What do you think he is? Dude, I already had mine. I already talked about mine on this, on, on previous episodes. Yeah, uh, I don't fucking listen to you. Uh, Vaughn. Uh, Dracula. He was a fucking serial killer. We've talked about fucking Dracula a hundred times. In different fucking ways. How many times are we going to talk about Dracula? Dracula's fucking pretty awesome. Wasn't he, like, loosely based on Vlad the Impaler, I think? Yeah. <laughs> that episode, we had uh, our boy, CJ, on here. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. I don't know who I picked, to be honest. To be yeah. honest, because because me and me and Cheetah did so many uh, serial killers. We're not burned out by it. We just don't have anything off top. But I don't know who I do, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know what episode we should do? Maybe Dahmer. Dahmer would be pretty fun. Or Ted Bundy. Yeah, Bundy would be cool, too. Yeah, you know what episode we should do? You know what I'd really like to do? Uh, I'd like to talk about John Benet Ramsey. Oh, fuck. That's one I'd like to How do. How was an inside job? Probably. It was an inside job. Who do you guys think it was? Her dad. I think it was the brother. brother. Something to do with the family, for sure. Oh, yeah. It was definitely somebody in that family. 100%. Yo, how I think or their mother. I could have been the mother because she was jealous. The the craziest yeah, part right. about all of it to me still to this day is that the fucking killer made like a fucking four page letter saying why he did it, and he just he just sat down and wrote a four page fucking letter in the house Ugh. explaining what happened. Dude, what what if I don't know, we should definitely save that if we do talk about John Monet. But let me just get this. No, we know if we talk about it, it ain't gonna be for a while. So you can go ahead. But There's a lot if, of theories too. What if like whoever did it or pre-wrote the letter, like, oh snows, planted oh, it. Oh, that's I'm gonna kill her. Yeah, yeah. Yo, didn't um like a couple of weeks ago, like Natalie Holloway, the dude that killed her, and yeah, confessed? he finally confessed. Yo, I heard that was crazy. What is the uh, where they went to Mexico and she was yeah. her body was found over to the rocks. Something like that, yeah. I know it had something to do with Mexico. Yo, um, I was looking up who got the most uh, life consistent in America. Mm-hmm. A guy named uh, Terry Nicole. Terry Nichols. Terry Nichols. Yeah. I'm going to talk about him. He was the... He's uh, a bomber, wasn't he? 90, 95 Oklahoma City. The first Oklahoma City bomber before Tim McVeigh. Timothy McVeigh. He was at uh, fucking Waco. Yes. Dude, this is also guy. army guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is. the what? federal building in Oklahoma was actually hit, hit by a a church cult first. It's always the fucking church cult too. Always. And they failed. That's why he picked it. Yeah, there was also a bombing in uh, 1996 Atlanta, at Atlanta at the Olympics in Atlanta. Oh, you know what? That'd be another good episode, too. You just made me think about uh, the Boston Bombers. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one, actually. Or uh, another one that'd be really fucking good, but it's kind of like, I don't know if we really want to go down that rabbit hole, is the fucking Stephen Haddock. The Vegas, the Mandalay Bay. Yeah, we definitely talk about that. Ah, strange shit with that. I remember that one. we can definitely talk about that one because I can say from experience what actually after that happens, how we perceive shit through the casino now. Right? Yeah. What? How it changed the casino? Yeah, that would be cool. That motherfucker was sitting on the arsenal too, bro. Yeah. He was like a. I think he was like a operative or something. Something was going on with him, dude. All the guns he had. That's that's another one that's like if you do it, it's like a really fucking deep. That's what I'm saying. It's a, that rabbit hole goes deep, dude. Yeah, bro, crazy. 
Like, he, uh, hold right, on. Be, right so, before he did it, he wired his girlfriend like a hundred thousand dollars or something the day before too. You know, I think that's something we should start getting into. Too, you know, I think we should start doing like shooters and shit like that. You know, like no, but um, like we start doing that. What's the difference in mass up? shooters and uh, serial killers? They're doing the same. Mass thing. shootings all at one time. Serial killers is a string. Because if we're going to do mass shooters, I know exactly the first one I'm choosing. Pulling to Columbine. No, of course, the big one. kids. That, that was huge. Yeah. Those guys were fucked. The one at Virginia Tech was crazy. Yeah. Sandy Hook, obviously, is nuts. The one that what just happened not long ago with that kid, the, that girl at the Christian school or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she had, they just, like, released her manifesto and shit. Oh, boy. Of course, guys, who fucking released it? Fucking Steven Crowder, of course, of all people. <laughs> nice. Okay. But, yeah, I, uh, I mean, that's, that's it, man. It's, that's the Golden State Killer. Yeah. Now we could finally say we checked one off the list. There you of go. Nice. Episodes we set up fucking three years ago. Off the bucket list. Fuck, that was three years ago. Holy finally. Shit. Two years ago. Took us, took us long enough, but we finally knocked it off. But, yeah, it's good. It feels good to be back, man, you know. And that Dude. week off, I know the week before that I wanted off, <laughs> but having a week off against my control kind of sucks. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah. But it's good to be back, man. You know, it's good to have you. It's yeah, good to have the crew back. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I like I like sure. it better when we're all together. It's better. It's better off that way. We feel like we're a uh, Jamaican bobsled team. All right, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sinking, man. No. Yeah. You know, if we were the grown-ups cast, you know who we'd be? Drew's fucking Rob Schneider's character, of course. Fucking hippies. <laughs> His wife's like fucking 100 years old. <clears throat> Yoda would be fucking Lamb and Saw, a.k.a. <laughs> Kevin James' character. I'd be fucking David Spade, of course, you know. Oh, and Scotty for... would be the main man, Lenny. Lenny Fader, a.k.a. Adam Sandler. No, I'm just saying. Like I could, the, I, the top dog. I could... I can see, I can see, I can see you waking up in the closet, but as naked, like, what happened, man? It's like, dude, we should fucking party. We fucking made out with a vacuum cleaner, man. <laughs> no, that's Nick Swordson's character, not me. That's Fiden. Fiden's Nick Swordson's character. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm starving. I'm down. Me too. I gotta go get my chicken. <clears throat> I gotta work a Sunday for the first time all year. So. Double time. No, we get paid a little extra, though. We get paid, like, fucking... I forgot, like a Sunday premium or some shit. Nice. Yes. I'll take it. What we get for the post office, too. And I get... And it's going to help even better, because I get paid next, three times next month, so... I'll be able to catch up on some bills before the new year starts. Should be nice. Getting my fucking new TV on Wednesday. Can't fucking wait. I'm going to put my nipples on it. Did you have it under warranty? No, I got that. The one I broke, I got for free. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. So Free's good. Yo, it was a nice TV. It yeah, was it a was. nice TV. For, for the moment, sad. before me and Cheetah never start hanging, stop hanging out, I used to go to his house. Because I fucking hate you. That's why we stop hanging out. Yeah, I don't know. It's work. I think it's because of work and doing See how it. sad. You should have looked at his face. See I'm, I'm a fucking... I'm a, <laughs> I said I fucking hate you. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, let's go. Stop rambling. Let's All right, Joe. Ramble, ramble. We got done at our earlier time this week. I want to take advantage of it.
Thanks for riding along, Blue Jays.